I'm Dorico Williams, and you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Coming home fresh off another undefeated road trip and winning five out of the last six games, our Monarchs find themselves right in the thick of the conference race. We have a ton to discuss tonight, so let's get right to it. As always, we welcome Coach Jones back to the show. How's it going, Coach? Uh, after those two wins last week, it's it's good. And, uh, you know, just trying to get ready for the uh, the, the big battle down, uh, in, in Harrisonburg. That'll be a big one on Thursday. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Coach. Makai did not play at Texas State after tweaking his knee. Is there an update you can share with us on how he's doing? Yeah, he slightly hyperextended his right knee in the game against Georgia State. Um, yeah, I, I noticed him limping at, at one point, um, but, uh, you know, he, he was fine. It, it tightened up a little bit overnight, um, but, uh, you know, he, he seemed fine. Uh, but during warm-ups, uh, you know, he, he, he planted and pushed off, and he said he felt something, and immediately there was some swelling. And, you know, not knowing what it was, you know, we couldn't risk, uh, you know, him, him getting out there. So, uh, you know, Jason – iced him up and you know uh did everything that we could which wasn't a whole lot at that point um and uh you know when we came back uh he saw dr butkovic got a, 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 a uh, an x-ray got an mri we got the results today and uh, basically there's a slight tear in the meniscus and his right knee um it shouldn't keep him from playing uh you know we've we got to manage the uh, you know, any swelling that's in there. And, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, a lot will depend on how much pain, if any, uh, you know, the Makai is in, but Makai's let us know, you know, he, he definitely intends on playing. We'll have to see how he is. He, he didn't, couldn't practice today. We'll have to see how he is, if he's able to do anything tomorrow. Uh, and, and there's a possibility that he could play as early as Thursday, but, you know, we'll just, we'll just kind of take that uh, you know, day by day, uh, practice by practice, uh, and, and, uh, see, and, um, you know, as I said, I mean, Mackay's a competitor and he essentially, if the doctors give him the go ahead, he said, he's going to be out there. Appreciate that update coach. I know that we've got a lot of questions on that in the last few days. So thank you for sharing that. All right. So in the next segment of the show, we're going to have Charles Smith on it's his second year here as a Monarch. Can you talk to Monarch nation a little bit about Charles his game and how he continues to develop at ODU? Well, the, you know, the most important thing for Charles is, is staying healthy. Um, you know, his last year, uh, a couple of years ago, when he was at SMU, he had COVID twice. Um, then last year he came in, uh, got, uh, got, got COVID, missed, I think at, at that time, you know, it was the full 12 days before he could get back was starting to get back in the swing of things. And then he got mono and he missed, uh, I think it was a month. It, it, maybe it was just two weeks and it seemed like a month. And, and for a guy that's not the strongest anyway, um, you know, while he was out those, you know, those two occasions, he lost weight, he lost strength and just never could get back the form. You know, he, he was starting for us at the beginning of the year uh, and, and, you know, and he, I, th I think ultimately, you know, he, he really struggled psychologically too, because, you know, he wanted to be out there, but, uh, you know, just, 
just being sick. You know, I think that just kept him off the court. Um, came in this year, you know, he's worked hard. Uh, you know, I know he, he told you guys that he's most especially, you know, been trying to work to become a better defender. And, and that's very obvious. And, and, and you know, I think he got it right. You know, I, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a great defender, but he's really, really trying and he's made improvements. Uh, you know, this year it's, it's been a little bit up and down. Uh, but I, I tell you what, my hat's off to Charles. You know, we, we, we kind of made a decision a, a, a while ago to, you know, to kind of go with Bryce. Uh, and then D'Lo has, has, has been ahead of Charles. There were a couple games in there that Charles didn't play. And, you know, we just tried to keep him up and just say, hey, just, you know, hang in there. You never know when your opportunity is going to come. And sure enough, he's, he's, he's come up and, uh, in, in several of these road games, including these last two, he's given us valuable minutes. He's come in and he, in, in the first half against Texas State and in the first half uh, against Georgia, you know, he hit one or two shots each. Um, and, and, you know, when you're struggling to score the way we have been, uh, you know, that, that can go a long way to get that lift off the bench. So, you know, Charles is, uh, you know, continues to work hard uh, and is, is, is battling and, uh, you know, has helped this basketball team to this point. And I'm sure, uh, you know, as, as we head down the stretch, you know, he's going to be ready when his number's called. All right, Coach. Two games since our last show. Both were nail biters. But you guys just seem to have a knack for pulling those games out. Uh, go 2-0 on the week. I was looking at it earlier, and it looks like our record in one possession games is, was it 6-2, and two, Aaron? Yep. yep I mean, yep. That's, if you're going to look for something positive, that that's a huge positive because you want to win the close ones. All right. You complete the sweep over Georgia State, and then you win the first ever meeting between us and Texas State. And I think they said that was the first ever meeting for any sport between ODU and Texas State. We saw a balanced effort in Atlanta with Chauncey, Makai, Tyreek, and Emo all having significant contributions. On Saturday at Texas State, Makai was unavailable, as we mentioned, but Chauncey and Tyreek lead the team. Ben Stanley came up pretty big. Nice to see him rebound after his injury. And Emo saves the day with an amazing sideline-to-sideline um, -side layup to win the game in front of all his friends and family. Now, what are your thoughts on this week, Coach? Well, uh, we, we were thrilled to get both of them. And, and as you said, uh, you know, both of them, in fact, it seems all of our games, or certainly most of them, are coming down to the last few seconds. Uh, but uh, to, to win on the road in that fashion was exciting, uh, very rewarding. Um, you know, a couple things as you were kind of introducing that, that, that question, um, you know, with, with, with Ben, you said, you know, Ben rebounded back, you know, his, his scoring uh, in that Texas state game was, was huge with Makai being out, you know, finding a, a third scorer behind uh, Chauncey and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, Tyreek. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we told Ben, we're going to need more out of him. You know, he had zero rebounds in 26 minutes. So, you know, you're, you, you saying that he was rebounding, I, that 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 was a little bit off. It was, there, but, uh, it was a play on words, coach. I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. I will say that me and Aaron did note he had zero rebounds in our pre-meeting discussion. Yeah, and you know we we need him in there to score. You know, um, uh, but he's got to you know he's got to come up big on the boards. You know, James Madison is a, not a tall team, but they're a physical, a strong team that beat us on the boards the last time. Uh, so we we need Ben to 
you know, to, to solidify us there a little bit and contribute in that way. Uh, Emo, you know, I, I, I want to go back and, and this is obviously the coach uh, in me, but um, not only did he make that last layup, but one or two possessions before defensively, he was the guy that came from the weak side and took a charge that gave us the, the, the ball back against Texas State. And then obviously the, the, the huge shot that took us from being one up to being three up at Georgia State. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much time was remaining, but, but not a whole lot. Um, so, you know, Emo's made uh, a number of really big plays that, uh, that, that figured into to us uh, winning those games. So, Coach, I, I want to take this opportunity to both apologize to you and to Monarch Nation. So, in the Texas State game, I grew up playing baseball, so I'm kind of superstitious when it comes to sports. I sat on the couch in the same spot for that entire game, and at two minutes left in the game, you're up by eight points. At that point, my mother-in-law, who lives with me, is walking down the stairs. She's been upstairs the entire game. So I immediately kind of start to get the tingles going on, like, yeah, please don't come downstairs because this could affect the rotation of the universe here. So she comes behind the couch and starts talking to my wife. And about 40-something seconds go by, and the game is pretty much almost tied at this point. Like I'm probably not a good son-in-law. I'm getting a little bit perturbed. So I go upstairs and I'm watching the game on my phone. So at this point, at some point she walks upstairs. I immediately head back downstairs. I miss Emo's turnover. I get downstairs and I make sure to sit right back in the same spot on the couch in time for the final play to win the game. So I think Mike and Scott Jackson made it a point that I need to make sure that I have this squared away for future games, that this doesn't happen again. So I just wanted, I needed to get that out and apologize to you right away. Well, I'm glad you got back there for the final play, but Emo will be upset with you that you caused, you were the reason that he turned the ball over. It was my mother-in-law's fault. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I will personally apologize to Emo. Hopefully we'll get a chance to see him when we're in Berg on Thursday. I'll let him know. Aaron, you can't blame the mother-in-law. You got to control the situation here. You got to take some credit here for your fault. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. But you know, uh, first the first thing is if look, you don't look, have look. your mother-in-law here, here, here live with you. <laughs> we can't we can't cry over spilled milk. You know that's done. We were able to win the game, but you've got to be able to put your foot down. That's right. Going forward, I gotta I gotta establish the rules. All right, let's go to this week. It's a huge week. Continuing your road swing. We go up to Harrisonburg on Thursday. We're currently fifth place in the conference, four games behind. Southern Miss was leading in the top spot. JMU is one spot ahead of us, and App State is one spot below us. This week is a big opportunity for ODU basketball. What are your takes on this JMU game, and what should fans expect? Well, I mean, it's a big game. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious. Uh, and, uh, you know, they they handled us the last time we played, and you know, they were very good and we weren't very good, particularly at the defensive end. Uh, we, we watched that, that film uh, again today uh, and we saw, uh, we, we really saw why they shot 60% in that first half. They made some shots, but we also just our rotations, we couldn't stay in front of the ball and they ended up with a bunch of uh, essential layups um, that boost your percentage and, you know, end up with shooting 60% in that first half. And that 
allowed them to stretch out their lead. But I think that we'll be ready to play. I know we'll be excited. We certainly have respect for James Madison, but we know that we can play better than what we did in Chartway Arena. All right, Coach. So I know you don't like to talk about, you know, the next game is always the most important game. But after playing JMU, we do have App State, another team, which they came into Chartway and they were able to win that game. Does that team look pretty much the same as the team that we saw before or has anything changed? Um, yeah, I think they're the same. I mean, like everybody else, they've got some ups and downs, but uh, they're a well-coached team. They're a team that does what they do. There's not a whole lot of variation, and they're not going to change during the course of the game. And uh, if, if, you know, if that's working, then they've got a good chance of winning. If that's not working, then, uh, you know, maybe the result might be different. But I think just like I said about James Madison, we have to play better than what we played against App State in, in, the, uh, in the first contest. We've got to try to take away some of the things that, that they do, uh, but we've got to be better at, at some of the things that we do. All right, Coach, so this question was submitted by a fan. I think it's a pretty interesting right. one, but we currently have a 5-2 and two record on the road in conference. We are 3-4 and four at home in conference. Do you think this team plays better on the road, or do you think it's more a factor of how the schedule has shaken out? I think it's probably more the way the schedule. I mean, you look at App State and you look at James Madison, and they're two of the better teams that, that we've played in conference play. You know, it's not like we played great against Georgia State. In fact, we were awful to start that game, but we were able to hang in there. We played some excellent defense. Uh, we were opportunistic, and finally we got things going a little bit better from an offensive perspective. But it's not like we went on the road and we played our best basketball game. And the game against Texas State was just so daggone physical. I mean, neither team had a chance to – you know, get into any kind of rhythm. We described it going in, and I think it was apt. It, it was going to be a street fight. So I do think it's not a matter of playing better on the road. It's more the kind of just the way the, the schedule fell. All right, Coach. So we're down to the last two weeks of the regular season, and you've got the opportunity to play the number one, the number two, and the number three team as it stands today in the conference. Is... Do you look at that as a good opportunity to kind of get ready for whatever the tournament has in store for you with playing the top-level teams in the conference? I'm not really thinking that much right now about the tournament per se. Um, you know, we, we want to win games and be playing as best as we can as we head into the tournament. But the, the big thing is let's win now and try to position ourselves the best way we possibly can. I'm not a big believer in momentum and that kind of stuff. You know, that makes me think back to a couple of years ago, COVID year, when we were playing really well, I, I thought, at the end. And then we just ran into the North Texas team. I forget the point guard's name, but he just dominated the contest. And they were playing their best, right? But whatever momentum we had at the end of the year didn't carry over into the tournament. So. Once you get into the tournament, that's when you can start building momentum. The regular season stuff, I don't think really impacts one way or another, other than your seating and, you know, being able to get a buy or a double buy or whatever it may be. I think that's the importance there. So we talked about earlier with Makai, Emo missed time, Hilo missed time, Tyreek missed time. I don't remember a year in your tenure at Old Dominion where we had so many guys miss games. How do you think that's impacted this season and how do you think it will impact the play moving forward? 
you know, it hasn't been easy. We've had to adjust as coaches. We've adjusted as players. We've adjusted. I think Ben missed six games. Emo missed four. Makai missed one. Tyreek missed one and three quarters. D'Lo missed, missed one, but he wasn't anywhere near full speed at, at Texas State. People probably don't know, but against Georgia State and Texas State, but definitely Georgia State, Chauncey and, and Dorico were both under the weather. They had some sort of respiratory thing. And then Faison couldn't play more than a couple minutes at a time against Texas State. You know, he's got a chest cold and head cold and just his breathing was tough. So, you know, we're just hanging in there. And I think that's the thing that we've learned to do that, uh, you know, through adversity, you can't hang your heads. You just keep fighting and everybody does their part and does the best and then let the chips fall where they may. But at least on this last road trip and a couple times uh, recently on, on the road, we've, we've been able to to gut out some wins, uh, you know, even if maybe we weren't at full speed. And I think you have to do that if you're, you want to be a good basketball team. Everybody goes through hard times, but you're still trying to play well. You're still trying to find ways to win the contest. I suppose the silver lining to the whole thing is a lot more guys have gotten in games, got some great experience. So when there's numbers called, and I'm sure it will be at some point, they'll be a little bit more ready. Yeah. And I I think that's where confidence comes in. You know, they've experienced those things. They've had that opportunity to step into the rotation and contribute. And they, they know it's one thing to believe, but they know that if, if their number number is called, they're able to step in and help our basketball team. All right. I'm going to ask you one more question and we'll let you go. Last week, Harry Minium wrote an article about attendance and kind of shine a light on how well we're supported in men's and women's basketball at Old Dominion. Have you noticed a major gap on the road between these other crowds versus home? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's not close. Now, at Marshall, they had a really good crowd. I think they had a sellout, but it was like five or six out. I mean, you know, it wasn't what we've had, certainly as of late. I'm sure it'll be a terrific crowd at James Madison on Thursday. But again, that won't surpass or won't reach what we were able to do twice last week. I think we had over 7,000. 7, fans. So yeah, there's a big difference. You know, our building is certainly in my estimation is the best and our crowd support is at the top of the league without a doubt. I think Marshall harped over a bunch of seats to reduce their capacity. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, as I, I told Harry and I think Ted Alexander asked the same question, I think this is a, an easy team to like and to want to cheer for. We've got great fans, but they really respond when, when players are out there and they're busting their rear ends and they're giving it everything they've got and they're scrapping the way this group has. And really, and I, I say kids and I keep telling myself, you know, they're young men, they're not kids. But when they're good citizens, good people, and they're out there and they're really representing ODU and Monarch Nation, I think this is the kind of group that people really do want to cheer for. Well, I know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm hoping that the school and the athletic department really get the word out about once you guys come off this road trip and you have your final two games with, I'm sure, going to be senior night at that point, and uh, to try to get out as many people as possible to make you know make it a, a true home court advantage and get that place as loud and rocking as possible. I'm sure that, uh, you know, there's people that are probably already working on that, uh, you know, but... Uh... My job is to get us ready for Thursday night, let those folks do their job. And, uh, you know, it will be exciting. You've got a very, very good team in Marshall with one of the best mid-major players in the country. 
in, in Kinsey. And then Southern Miss might be one of the great stories in college basketball in terms of uh, going from where they were last year record-wise to what they are this year, uh, a, a huge turnaround. So when we do come back, that'll be exciting too. But right, right now, getting down to Harrisonburg and just competing and playing hopefully really well, I'm confident we're going to play really, really hard, but it's what the outcome is. So you mentioned how easy this team is to root for, and I've seen that a lot on the message boards and on social media and myself personally. This is one of the easiest teams to root for in a while at Old Dominion. The fact they never give up is, I mean, it's clear in every single game, and that alone is worth it to me to really like this team. Can't wait to see what you guys do this week. We'll be up there in Harrisonburg rooting you guys on and wishing for the best. I appreciate it. As always, thank you. All right. Thank you, Coach. And go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. Joining us on the show is a 6'5 junior guard out of Atlanta, Georgia, Charles Smith. Charles, welcome to the best and only ODU podcast. Yeah, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing great, man. Happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. You've been at ODU for two seasons now. Yes, sir. How is Norfolk and ODU treating you? Um, it's been really well. Norfolk has kind of invited me in and kind of made me my home from really early on. So right when I first touched down, it was kind of like home for me already. Kind of had a home vibe to it. So it's just been good, and I've been building from there these past two years. All right, Charles. So you started your college career at SMU in Dallas. You played your first two years there. Talk to us about your experience in Dallas, how it's prepared you for Old Dominion, and what ultimately led you to choose Old Dominion? I had a good time at SMU, so I spent my first two years there. But at the end of my first one is when COVID hit, and then the second year was the COVID year. So I guess I didn't get to do a whole lot there. But the main thing that I learned from my time at SMU was I got a really good chance to mature. Like I went in when I was 18, came out 20, but lived through a pandemic. So I feel like it kind of helped me a little more from my time when I got to Old Dominion, that I was all ready to take coaching and be coachable, work hard, you know, kind of know good habits from bad habits and knew what it takes to be successful at the next level. I feel for every college student that had to go through COVID in college, I feel like you guys got robbed of a great year. But uh, can you talk to OD fans about where you feel your game is right now and how far it can go? I'm pretty confident in my basketball game. I feel like I still have a lot to improve on and I still need to get in the gym often every day if I want to kind of take my game to the next level. But I'm being patient. I know it's a process. Uh, I'm working hard every day and I'm just trying to improve as much as I can to help the team. All right. So we got this question from some folks on social. They were curious who you thought is the best shooter on this squad. Oh, easy question. Me, for sure. 100%. Love the confidence. If you had to rank everyone else after you, who would be two? That's a tough one, man. Mm. (laughs) It is a tough one. And I feel like it might change from day to day, depending on who gets hot. But it's probably between D'Lo and Bryce. They're also two really good shooters. And 
but they're not as good as me. They're somewhere two and three in any assortment. All right. So as a sharpshooter, do you ever tweak your shooting mechanics? And if so, what kind of leads you to the decision to change it? I tweak it every now and then, but not any like major changes. Just some days I might come out and I'm not shooting the ball high enough. Like it doesn't have enough arc. So I'll try to get my elbow higher or do whatever. Or I might not have my fingertips on the ball. It might be like on my palm. So I'll just change it to get it back in my fingertips. But never any really big changes. Does that all feel for you? Or is a coach pointing out like it's coming off a little high or is it tape? What is it? Oh, no, it's all feel for me. They'll, um, Sometimes my feet are facing the wrong way and they'll kind of help me get on balance and stuff. And coach will tell me to get on balance on some of my shots because I'll be fading or running or whatever it is. But everything else is all field for me with my jump shot correction. So talk to Monarch Nation about that a little bit. So a lot of the folks that are listening are big basketball fans, but you know may not have ever played organized basketball or definitely didn't play it in college. So for you and your mechanics, when you're shooting the ball, because you're known as, as a really good shooter, kind of what is that process? What are you thinking about when receiving a pass from someone to get yourself set? Um, a lot of my shots, as fans probably know, are catch and shoot. So usually it's when somebody like Chauncey or Makai or Emo gets into the lane, gets by their man and draws some help or some attention. And so when I'm off the ball, I'm always trying to find a way to get in their line of sight. So if they do get stopped or if the defense does try to go to them, I'm right where they need me to be to just pass it and get an easy assist. But as the ball is coming to me, I guess I just try to focus on the rim and what I'm locked in on, what I'm aiming at, and then my body does the rest of it. All right, Charles. So Mike and I never know what we're going to get on this question here. So as far as I can tell, you wore the number four all the way going back to when you were in high school in Atlanta. And then at SMU, you had the number four. But now as a Monarch, you rock the number 22. So me and Mike, we're numbers guys and math guys. So I got an idea maybe where 22 comes from. But is there any significance behind the number four? And then as you came as a Monarch, 22 now. Um, Some significance behind the number four is, well, I'm Charles the fourth. So that was kind of where the first fourth came from. But when I was younger... I used to wear 22, like, in elementary school, middle school, and my dad wore 22 when he played. So I kind of wore that being younger. And then when I got to be kind of my own age, I switched it to four. And you can have four whatever ways, like two plus two, two times two, you know? It could kind of be all of that. And I was a four, so it just kind of made sense. And then Jane Johnson's four here, and he got here before I did. So the next best number for me was 22. That's a good answer. In a game of one-on-one, we know your idea is to shoot the rock. But what is your go-to move to get there? To get to a shot? In a game of one-on-one. Oh, in a game of one-on-one, I'll probably pump fake, jab step right, two hard dribbles left, and then step back. Works every time. Nice. If the game is 6-6 six, six and we're playing a 7, I'm going to that. All right, Charles. So... At the basketball breakfast a couple weeks ago, we shared a table with Faison and Coach Covey. I'm not sure if you remember, but this question we're about to ask you has kind of become the emo question. And we've heard a lot about him. But one of the things that we heard in this question is Faison, the 6'10 big man that has this uncanny ability 
to dance. He's a really good dancer. <laughs> All right. So just jogging your memory. So obviously you guys spent a lot of time around each other and you get to know each other really well. Some things probably you don't want to know about other things you think are pretty, pretty cool. Is there something that's funny fact or interesting talent that one of your teammates has that Monarch Nation would never know about? Mm. We've got some pretty talented guys over here. So just to pick one that people don't know about, I don't even really know where to go. But mm-hmm. I guess it would still be Emo. Emo's probably like my guy, a little talent. He might be a little singing in there. He's definitely the dancer for sure. Ben's kind of got some secret dance talents. He's a sleeper. So if you catch him again, ask him about some moves for you. <laughs> Um, but the whole team is comedians. That'd be everybody's trick. If you had to pick the one guy though, that's funniest, that's going to walk in a room, say something and make everybody laugh. Who would that be? If I had to pick one person, I'd probably say Makai. Makai is pretty funny. He's a funny guy. All right. So you've been here for two seasons, but do you have a most memorable game as a monarch? The most memorable game I'd say would be last year's senior night game playing with Austin Trice and CJ and AJ. Um, just how that was a team that blew us out earlier in the year. And now we were down big and kind of came back. And then to have the seniors kind of make the play at the end of the game was really what made it memorable for me. And just to have that experience for all those guys in the losing year to win the last home game. I don't know. It was a big moment for us. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. All right. So Mike and I were talking about this before we started recording. And we were really interested about what, you kind of your thought process behind this so obviously a lot of roles in basketball some guys are starting some guys come off the bench some guys who come off the bench play starter minutes so lately you've been coming off the bench what's the hardest part about coming off the bench especially as a shooter like you how do you keep yourself ready in that and what's the most challenging part about it i say especially as a shooter the hardest part of coming off the bench is just kind of being warm and being in a rhythm once you get in the game. Because every game is different depending on what time you get thrown in there and you don't know how they're guarding you. So to be able to get in, try to find a rhythm and make the shot that the, everybody's expecting you to make because you're the shooter is probably the hardest thing. But since I've done that for a while, I've kind of worked on that. So I'm pretty good at just kind of getting up cold, no warm up and making a shot. I can say one thing about your game this year that's been really noticeable as a fan. You seem to make a really concerted effort on defense. We saw on on Saturday, you make a great steal almost immediately after coming in the game. Probably didn't end up like you wanted it to, but but it was a great game. He fouled me. But, yeah, I've definitely – that's something Coach Jones harps on heavily every day that we're on campus, every day that we're in practice. So just working hard, being in the weight room, and just kind of setting my mind to play defense is definitely something that I focus on this season. And I'm happy to see that fans notice that I'm at least trying harder. I might not be any better, but I'm definitely trying harder when I get out there. It's definitely noticeable. I mean, we've we've been talking about that. Um, even even a knucklehead like me, who is not like classically trained in basketball, I can tell um, that that you're definitely doing it. So. I keep up that hard work. And JJ and Coach even mentioned it on a recent episode. So uh, that means a lot to me. That means more than any good shot could ever (laughs) mean. 
because I know I can make this shot, but defense is where I'm like not the best at. So to hear I'm doing better is uh, great. Congratulations to me. Oh, keep it up. All right. In a game of basketball, what is your favorite play to make? My favorite play to make? Yeah, it could be like a dunk, a steal, a block, or a big three. My favorite to make is probably stealing the ball from somebody trying to do a crossover. Like if you just pick their pocket clean at a half court, that's that's a great feeling. Or dunking on somebody. That's always a great feeling. But probably one of those two. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not the three. But uh, that three is too easy. He's got to have something <laughs> mix it up a little bit. Yeah. But the steal off the crossover means you have a wide open court in front of you. Exactly. Which makes the dunk even better. You might get a top team play. So these are our quick hitters. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite restaurant in Norfolk? Dale Vex. Amazing answer. All okay. right. So if you're so not good. at the Mitch, you're not at Chartway playing a game, what's your favorite spot on campus? I'm in my room a lot. But if it wasn't the room, I'm at the well, probably getting something to eat or just hanging out. All right. So in your free time, if you're hanging out in your room, what are you doing? What's your favorite thing to do when you don't have class, you don't have practice? You don't have games. What are you doing? Playing video games, for sure. Like 100% bet your money. Charles is in there playing the game. Is a certain type of franchise or game? No, I play a wide variety of them. I like a lot of games, all video games pretty much. All right, so PS4 or Xbox? PlayStation. Okay, so let's just say something. You come back to your room, and for some reason, PlayStation is not working. And you're like, well, it's not yeah, I, I let's not even think about that. That's terrible. So you go, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to watch a movie instead, but I'm going to watch a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. What is that basketball movie going to be? I'm going to just sit down and watch a basketball movie, probably more than a game, the LeBron movie. I can always sit down and watch that anytime, anywhere. Favorite musical artist or band? Favorite musical artist? I'd say J. Cole. That's a good answer. All right. If you had to choose what the most dangerous animal in the world is, which one would it be and why? Most dangerous animal in the world. It would have to be like a lion or a cheetah because you can't get away from a cheetah and then a lion, you're not beating a lion. But I say a hippo. No, I changed my answer to a hippopotamus. Oh, here we go. Yes, the hippo. Maybe you have listened to this show. I have not, but can't get away from our land, can't get away from our water. It'll eat, like, yeah, hippos are dangerous. I've watched the show, but I didn't know you guys were talking about the hippo before. Yeah, so we brought it up a couple weeks ago. I think Faison was the first one we talked to about it. (laughs) But uh, have you ever seen how they swim or move through the water? I've seen them swimming, but never like a close-up or a clear. you got to look at a video of them under the water, what they're doing. They're not swimming. They're running full speed. They're running? They're running on the bottom of the water and then jumping. That's crazy. Yeah, you're not getting away from them. If they catch you anywhere by the water, you're done. I will say I saw a really cool video this week of an elephant walking through a riverbed with a bunch of hippos in it. Mm-hmm. And the elephant just walked through like it owned the place. It was They were just moving. It was like... What you would expect if you saw LeBron walking through a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. this, this just splitting wide open. They're probably dangerous too. I didn't even think of that. So if you could play one-on-one with any player, dead or alive, who would you pick and do you win? Mm-hmm. I probably want to play Kobe Bryant one-on-one. Um, RIP. 
but he was like the ultimate competitor and he liked to talk a lot of trash and he just had such a love for the game. I think that'd probably be the most fun one ever because I'm definitely was fouling. I want to like kind of talk trash to him a little bit, see how he played. And he's definitely winning. Yeah, 100%. Not 100%. Right. I might get him one game, but he's winning the series. Cool. I like the confidence, but it's also based in reality, right? I mean, <laughs> there weren't many people who beat Kobe, let alone two in a yeah. row. Yeah, so. one-on-one against Kobe Bryant is not in my favor. <laughs> All right. So not counting basketball at Old Dominion, if you had the opportunity to play on another sports team at Old Dominion, which one would it be? I would play soccer. I just recently started getting into soccer, like learning the game. I play FIFA a little bit, so I'm kind of got some favorite players now, but it would definitely be soccer. Have you picked a team yet? Have I what? Picked Have you a picked a team? team? Yeah. Um, I like Manchester United in the Premier League in England, but kind of the whole Premier League is the one I'm watching. I don't really have a favorite team yet. I think that's the way to do it. You just watch and figure out which team you like to watch the most. Yeah. If it's that, then it's Manchester United. All right. My favorite player on the team is Rashford. Marcus oh, yeah. Rashford. He's fun to watch. He's pretty good. Yeah. All right. What is your top personal goal and team goal for this year? And what will it take for you and the team to get there? My personal goal is to just uh, be able to help the team wherever I can and always stay ready for any situation. And a team goal is to, of course, make the NCAA tournament. And what do we got to do? We got to keep winning on the road. We've got to hold down the home for it for the rest of this season. And we just got to attack every game. We can't start slow. I love that winning on the road. I mean, you guys just did that again. Another road sweep, right? Yes. And then this week, you're on the road again. Mike and I are excited because we'll be up in Harrisonburg on Thursday, that game okay. against the Dukes. So mm -hmm. if you hear a couple crazy dudes making a lot of noise, <laughs> that's probably us. Oh, we need it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have a message for Monarch Nation and let people know where they can find you online? My message for Monarch Nation is just please keep supporting us. Keep praying for us. Keep cheering for us. We love it. We need it. It really powers us when we're playing our games. And where to find me on social media? I don't use it a whole lot, but my Instagram is just at charlesmithiv. That's about it. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Charles. It was a pleasure. We're rooting you on the rest of the way, as we always do. And go Monarchs. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Go Monarchs. Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you soon and see you Thursday.